Good afternoon and welcome to IFM, the sound of your life. This is At Lunch. I'm Cyril Fulhoun with you. And uh, in this, the first in a series of interviews about road safety with Accident Angels, I talked to the co-founder of uh, the Road Ethics Project, Dr. Lee Randall, about how to be mind a mindful driver and the effect traffic has on the mind. So first of all, Doctor, um, a lot of people talk about going into autopilot mode when they're, when they're driving a familiar route. You know, are there some simple tools or maybe rituals or practices to practice mindful uh, mindfulness in your car? Hi. Yes, sure. Mindfulness in general implies being fully present in the here and now, where you notice what your senses are telling you about your own body and things around you. What are you seeing, smelling, hearing, feeling? How fast are you breathing? What emotions are you experiencing? So mindfulness techniques can be very helpful for calming emotions and managing stress and also heightening awareness of the action of driving and of the road conditions and surrounding objects and other users on the road. We use familiar tricks like counting how many lampposts um, you pass after the car in front has passed them or trying to estimate how many car lengths back you are from that car. And those mindfulness tactics actually also help people be very conscious of safety and help them avoid crash risks. So the kinds of mindfulness techniques not to practice whilst driving, of course, are those where you might want to close your eyes, like visualizing yourself being in a different place or using meditation techniques. So what you mentioned, autopilot mode, on the other hand, involves being able to do tasks without consciously thinking about them. And experienced drivers actually spend quite a lot of time in this mode. If you think back to your first few driving lessons, nothing was on autopilot. Everything involved intense concentration and effort. You had to bring together a whole lot of skills and abilities which go into operating a motor vehicle. Your eyes, your hands, your feet didn't simply cooperate. They had to actually be taught how to do so in the context of a car. So initially, learner drivers are taught in quiet environments with no distractions like passing traffic. And then as basic driving tasks like depressing the clutch and the brake and the accelerator and turning the steering wheel all start to become automatic, it's possible to bring on more challenges like gear changes and indicating and checking your mirrors and blind spots and so on. And once those two have become somewhat automatic, the learner is then ready to venture out into real road situations. So tell me, Doctor, um, after a while, like you said, you you sort of get to know certain functions in the car and you sort of do them automatically. Um, And it is easy to, to, to drift away, you know, to almost become a bit of a zombie. But nobody wants to be a complete zombie um, behind the wheel. That's really not something you would want. Um, How can one switch on again if they maybe find themselves drifting or daydreaming while driving? For experienced drivers on very familiar routes, the autopilot may be activated so much of the time that they actually have very few conscious memories of the trip afterwards. And that's not necessarily good from a road safety perspective. It means your system was under-challenged or under-stimulated, and that can make you less responsive than you really need to be, given how unexpected things can happen even on a familiar journey. A tire could blow out, a child or an animal could run into the road, or someone could stop suddenly in front of you. So if you find your mental attention drifting or you realize you're getting caught up in daydreaming, 
to bring yourself back to the here and now and switch your mental abilities fully back on, one thing you can do is narrative driving. That involves telling yourself the story of what you're doing, what you're noticing around you, what judgments you're making about safety issues as you drive. And speaking this aloud can be very helpful, actually. Or, of course, you can talk quietly in your own head. I find if you have passengers, especially kids, it's really useful to speak aloud a bit and let them know why you're doing it and what it's all about. And that helps instill in them a sense of why it's important to stay really conscious when you're operating a vehicle. I mean, it's a dangerous, a heavy, a fast object. And if it should be involved in a collision, it can seriously damage both the people inside it and, of course, any, any other object or any other person that would be involved in the collision. So, Doctor, are certain drivers' autopilot modes okay? You know, uh, when should we start worrying that we zone out too much? Your autopilot mode driving is only as good as your actual driving skills, attitudes, and insights allow it to be. If you've got bad driving habits like harsh cornering or braking or accelerating, or you tend to keep too close of following distance from the car in front, you'll engage in those when you're in autopilot, and at the same time, you'll be blissfully unaware of them. Whereas when you're driving with more conscious attention, you may at least notice the consequences of your bad habits a bit more and bring them in check. For instance, you'll be more aware that you've just had a near miss or that you just hit a pothole, which maybe you could have avoided if you'd been more awake and more aware. So it's really about knowing the quality of your inner autopilot. And ideally, we should get extra training in things like defensive driving. If you zone out too much, it can have similar effects to being under the influence of alcohol or drugs or being very tired. You just won't be able to react quickly enough to road hazards. And you'll be less aware of how your driving behavior is affecting others around you. So to check out if you're zoning out to a dangerous extent, periodically ask yourself things like, what color vehicle is behind me? What landmark did I just pass? What lies 12 seconds ahead of me on the road? What is the prevailing speed of the cars around me and am I matching that? Ask yourself those kinds of questions. And if you realize you haven't been paying attention and you aren't really aware of these things, then you can bring some narrative driving back in for a while, talking about what you're seeing and noticing, and that will kind of re-engage your mental driving gear. A point to be made is that spending time on the roads is probably the most dangerous activity most of us do on a regular basis. But humans are really prone to underestimating risk when it comes to highly familiar tasks and situations. On the other hand, we overestimate risks associated with things we do less often. So while you and I are much more likely to die in a road crash than in a plane crash, we may be much more afraid of a plane crash and follow a whole bunch of precautions around air travel, or at least rely on the airline we choose to do so. On the other hand, we tend to be more laid back and casual when it comes to road safety. A Swedish philosopher by the name of Alberbuck, she talks about how we need to be highly constructed human beings to enter the road traffic system safely especially if we're going to be the ones operating big, heavy, and dangerous vehicles. That means we don't only need proper training to understand crash risks. We also have to stay awake and alert at all times so that as we encounter risks, we can deal appropriately with them. 
That was Dr. Lee Randall right here on IFM, The Sound of Your Life. And Accident Angels is passionate about ensuring that anyone who needs private health care is able to receive it in the event of a vehicle accident. If you're not already a member, visit accidentangels.co.za today. Accident Angels is not a medical aid or hospital plan. Accident Angels is a registered credit provider.